Welcome to another edition of the e-commerce Odyssey podcast. I'm here with Jamie Riddell from the leading international global SEO consultancy, Escaping Gravity. And we're going to talk about all things SEO. So, um, Jamie, could you just tell us a little bit about what Escaping Gravity does first? Escaping Gravity is a global SEO consultancy. Uh, we keep repeating that phrase because that's what we want to rank for. Um, we help challenger brands get to the top of Google for the terms that they want to uh, appear for. Okay. So in terms of, I mean, my thing about SEO, because I mean, I in the past have flogged my services as an SEO consultant. So I know, I'd like to think I know a little bit about it. A little bit of knowledge being a dangerous thing. Um, it seems to me, obviously, you know, 10 years ago when I first started in, in e-commerce, there was, I think, far fewer ways of selling. And, and also, you know, the SEO, the natural search results took up a larger proportion of the search page. Now, you know, if you look at a look at a search page these days, almost all everything above the fold is now paid search. What do you think that, you know, how how relevant is SEO these days compared to to other forms of of search marketing? Uh, I think it's still uh, crucially relevant um, and still very, very important. Uh, this should never be a conversation of either or paid or organic search because they both have a role to play. They both have uh, benefits to to a, a retailer, to a brand, um, and, and have some very different ways of achieving those results uh, and, and cost and measurement. Okay. So, I mean, do you think, I mean, you know, what do you see in terms of how people are spending their budgets on SEO versus paid search? And what do you see and what do you think that they should do? Uh, I see uh, a growth towards uh, organic search. Um, over the last 18 months, the lockdown certainly propelled the uh, desire for organic search as well as paid search. Um, but SEO, because I've been doing it for 20 years, uh, is definitely faddy. Um, organic search was, was where we started. Uh, paid search came along and that was the sexy thing and everyone threw money at that. Then paid search started to get more expensive, so organic search became more popular. Paid social then came around, and we've seen businesses built just on buying um, paid social uh, activity, but that as well is starting to get more expensive. So SEO is, is, is always been relevant. It's always been valuable. It's rarely been sexy, um, and therefore um, it's always been an opportunity to do it right. Um, we're seeing increased spend in paid uh, in, in organic search. Um, we think, of course, that, that clients should be spending more on organic search, but that's a biased view. Mm -hmm. So how do you find it? Okay, so, you know, to begin with, you had Frugo. Frugo? Frugal. Frugal. That was it. The, the you know, the, the, the original Google uh, shopping search, and then it went entirely, um, entirely paid, and now it's notionally free. Are you seeing people, what kind of effect has that had on? It, it's not been an, a, a change in isolation. So it's hard to, to say it's a black and white change because the, the argument that the real estate is decreasing for organic search on, on, on Google is kind of right if we're just looking at the linear search results. Mm -hmm. um, if you think, if we go back 10 years, it was some ads at the top, some ads down the bottom, and the rest was organic search. Yeah. Now we've got listing boxes, shopping boxes, but we've also got much more utilization of the 
results page. There's less white space on that page than there was 10 years ago. And that's because Google is doing its best to answer the question. Rather than give a search result, they're trying to answer the question. And that's why you see um, additional panels come down the right. So we've got uh, map results, knowledge panel, uh, we've got uh, answer boxes, there's reviews, video links, site links, featured snippets. So the real estate of that page is actually being utilized more than ever. And there are more opportunities for an organic presence than there was potentially 10 years ago. And I suppose so, it's also, you know, we've just really been talking about desktop, haven't we? I mean, I don't yeah. what percentage of searches are now on a mobile device. Well, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a big percent. But then you look at uh, the Google Search app, for example. They've now got Google Discover, where they're trying to surface relevant content before you even search. Uh, so the, the argument that real estate is decreasing the relevance of SEO, I don't think is, 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 is totally uh, 100% now, because more people are searching, um, and they're searching more in a, in a more specific way, in a more structured way. Um, you know, we're seeing the rise of, of questions now. Um, if we went back 20 years, it was two, three word answers, at be uh, questions at best, best cheap deals. Now it's going to be, what is the best thing for that? I struggle to come up with an example. <laughs> it's, much more, it's much more specific. Um, and Google's desperately trying to, to, to give you the answer rather than the result. But that's an opportunity for brands, if they can get it right, to have an answer box or a knowledge panel where they're, they're seen as that trusted authority. So Google, mm -hmm. in the main, is still not trying to own all the information, although it has got into trouble previously by trying to, to uh, borrow other people's content. There was a, a, a legal case about a year ago with a lyrics website where Google was, was caught copying the lyrics and, and putting them into a Google result rather than passing them to the website. Mm -hmm. um, of course, this thing is Australia now where they've, they've, they're having to pay Rupert Murdoch lots of money. I forget the details. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seems That's... like, <laughs> I don't think it's going to save the industry. No, so, I, I think so. Uh, but so SEO, organic search is still relevant. Um, look at the spikes that we had on lockdown. Mm -hmm. The spikes for dog food, dumbbells, hearing aids, batteries, everything except travel and office space went through the roof. The brands that were on page one for Google at that time um, will have seen massive growth in uh, traffic and, and sales. But equally, if there were some lesser known brands on the page at that time, they potentially become brand names now. Mm -hmm. uh, you, just, you just need to have dumbbells, for example. Dumbbells, you couldn't buy dumbbells for love and money. If John's Dumbbell Incorporated was on page one for that term at the point of lockdown, whoosh, suddenly no one was looking for John's Dumbbells, but they're on the search result and, and they get the traffic. The challenge then, then, then comes about retaining that and growing the business. But yeah, there are still, there are still opportunities for, for organic search to be a kingmaker for brands. Okay. So what I mean, okay, um, it, it seems to me, I mean, just because obviously I'm interested in retail, right, mm -hmm. that, that, you know, if you do a search for a product these days, a lot of the, or certainly the, the top result always seems to be Amazon, yeah. right? I mean, is it a case of, and Amazon, I think, I don't think they need any help, really. Um, I mean, is it the case of, you know, the Matthew effect, you know, to those that have much is given, 
Um, what can, what do you think that smaller retailers can do about this? I, I think yeah, some terrible analogies I've used about you know the the the, uh, uh, the tanker versus the speedboat. The smaller retailers are the speedboats. They can go, they can change, and they can be quicker. Yes, you're going to have some major websites appear in the rankings, but that's not necessarily a lockout of the top ten. And we have seen because we have built businesses um, that can get onto page one. Um, we have seen that there are other strengths that these smaller retailers can play that uh, Amazon can't necessarily uh, have. Um, and therefore, yeah, I think Amazon is going to be a consistent, uh, or if it's an information search, Wikipedia is going to be a consistent. Mm-hmm. But there's still other spaces for websites to, to grow and independent retailers or smaller retailers. Um, and the smaller retailers will have some additional value that they can do, whether it's the, the speed of updates, the freshness of their content. Um, you know, certainly with other uh, clients that we work with, we're, we're competing against very well-known health service establishments in this country. Um, and, and we get better rankings because they are the authority, but their content is refreshed every two years, don't have the links, everything else. So it's, I, I don't prescribe to, to the view that it's it's a lockout. So all me. is not lost is what you're saying. This is positive. Uh, this is absolutely positive, is, is that there is still opportunities for, uh, if we want another religious analogy, the, the David and Goliath. The, there's opportunities for David to be on page one. Okay. Um, so, okay, so if you're, if you're, say you're a retailer like me, right, so we sell in my retail business, I don't even need to come with an analogy, we'll just use me. Um, so we sell on a website and we sell on eBay and uh, we'll sell on Amazon and, and we, we use a, and we get the, you know, the stock data from our suppliers, right? So we could either, you know, so we need to publish across these different channels. How important it is, is it for us to try and have unique content across different channels or not to reuse the same content, you know, to keep the website sacred and have a separate description for that and then not use the content elsewhere? I think it's very important that you have unique content on each channel. Uh, certainly, if we look at your website, we know that, that some of the copies sometimes, um, it has just been uh, taken as the approved copy from the brand. And if you go that to- is, the brand, That is unfortunately the case. If you go to the brand site, it's the same copy. So, yeah. uh, and the challenge, if we're talking about specific brands, is that that brand will own the domain name and the, the authority in Google's eyes of that area, uh, of that product. So, so there is a challenge there. The way I look at it is that we take some content and use it almost like a stock. So the key messages have to be presented on each of the sales channels. But how the, the stock is then presented, how the, the copy is then presented, should vary between uh, sales channels, taking into account the user expectation or, or life cycle of, of their um, shopping behavior. So if they come to your website, that's going to be different to if they see your product on, on eBay or if they see it on Amazon. We still need the key, the key themes about your brand and about the brand that you're stocking and the product details. Um, but variation and personalization is going to be crucial. Okay. And where do you stand on, okay, so, you know, variation listings where you have a drop down. Yeah. Right. So obviously that's good from the point of view that you have a single page, you know, it's a good user experience. You have a single page, you're not duplicating the content in in multiple places. Um, But on the flip side, they're hard to set up 
and they're hard to maintain. And in my experience, they they cause indexing problems. Um, what is your, and so we decided to stop using them because they were just, oh, it's just a struggle, right? And we don't sell clothing. I think they're really probably really important for clothing, which we don't sell. What is your view on variations? Uh, variations clearly need to be part of the mix for the consumer's uh, interest in and purchase behavior. How that is presented is the million dollar question. Uh, as you rightly point out, these drop downs, these uh, uh, user variations, ID variations can confuse Google uh, very much to think there's potential page duplication uh, or even worst case, uh, we have seen examples where it becomes a spider trap is that Google keeps on following what it thinks is a new link, but actually it's not. It's just a different variation of a different variation of a different variation. So you get in a, a wilderness of mirrors almost. Um, time needs to be spent on, on site structure, on canonicalization, on how we present this content. And it's not just an SEO consideration. It needs to be uh, part with, with, with the, the UX designers, uh, possibly a conversation with the CRO camp, uh, activities if you want to improve the, the, um, the overall conversion rate. Um, and, and therefore, some of the most heated discussions we have are around areas of navigation um, and filtering because so many uh elements have to be in place to get it absolutely right okay so what okay moving on to kind of the money as it were what i mean what do you think i mean do you think that seo should aim to have a, a better return on investment than other forms of you know so paid search engine marketing yes but i think i think i think it's because it is notionally free after all <laughs> whatever that means there's, there's an analogy i'll give you offline about <laughs> Okay, I look forward to that. Um, uh, yeah, so if, if you stumble upon good SEO uh, and you've not invested in it, then great, well done, carry on. Um, I, I've met brands who've said, well, we make a few million from, all, from organic search and we haven't done anything, so why do we need to invest? That's one viewpoint. Another viewpoint was said, well, what could you make 10 million if you just put a bit of investment in? So yeah. it, that's one viewpoint. Um, Paid search versus organic search, yeah, they're both search, but they're usually different charging models. Paid search, if you put one pound into paid search in SEO today, your paid search is going to give you a better return because you can have a result tonight. Yeah, SEO is going to take a bit longer to achieve. That said, if you stopped spending your whole one pound today, no more sales. Mm. The fundamental changes you could have done with your SEO may deliver you returns for the next three months. Yeah. Um, so then it becomes, well, how are we measuring the actual ROI of, of SEO? And then the other challenge is that in my business, we base the costs on, 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 on our consultancy rates and the number of hours we think we should be investing in the project every month. So if that cost stayed the same, 10 hours worth of consultancy, for me to sell Harry Bows at 99p or to sell financial services at 10,000 pounds a pop, it's the same hours for me, yeah. but otherwise potentially so much higher. So it's, it's, it's never an easy question to answer because there are so many variables. Yeah, I could see that. I oh, know it's, a, it's, a, it's an impossible question, isn't it, really? So- It doesn't stop you asking. <laughs> you know, um, 
what do you okay so links right yep. it seems to me that people aren't you know it seems to be a few years ago when i was doing this that links were you know it's important to get as many links as possible and i've been working with you guys and you don't you know put words in your mouth seem to put less less emphasis on it where do you think the the how important are links these days links like any other elements of seo are just part of the mix mm -hmm. um getting great links uh only or getting great content only is neither is a, a silver bullet but personally i don't think links are that important I've got brands to the top of Google that don't have as many links as others. Um, and it's therefore every other element of, of the overall optimization that's making an impact. Um, I know from speaking to other clients that um, link building as it is can be quite a work intensive and therefore cost intensive uh, part of the SEO project, but with potentially low returns. So from our perspective, and only from our perspective, we don't think it's as important or should be um, as big an investment as other people suggest. Mm -hmm. There was an update from Google a month or two ago that, that said something like that, something like that. I'm not putting words in their mouth for sure. Um, that links is just part of it. I would rather focus on great content, A, to appeal to Google, B, for link encouragement. Wikipedia doesn't go out and ask for links, but instead they become the trusted source. So we all link to Wikipedia. So Wikipedia goes to the top. So you think you're basically classic kind of link bait, or well, link bait is probably a bit, you know. Dangerous. Yeah, dangerous word. Good, good, useful content. So you see this rising in questions, and we saw this uh, even more so with lockdown. How to do weights at home, how to measure your ring size, how to measure your shoe size at home. Mm -hmm. Give someone useful information and there's a better chance of them linking to you because it's engaging, because it's interesting, um, or because you've got a unique insight. We both share a passion for music. I, I have a, a personal blog, winetravelingsong.com, um, where I, I've written some stuff about Hotel California or Salisbury mm -hmm. Hill, you know, where is Salisbury Hill? It's outside Bath. Um, people will now link to that because they've read it and thought, didn't know that. That's interesting. I want to share that. Salisbury Hill? So where's that? Salisbury Hill is uh, two or three miles outside Bath. Okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, what do you think? Okay. So I think one of the disadvantages of the SEO industry is because obviously Google, you know, it tells you, it, 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 you know, Google doesn't publish its algorithm, right? So to a certain extent, it's quite hard to, hard to know who's, you know, some people claim to have more knowledge than others, um, but it's obviously, you know, quite hard to, well, maybe no one does, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about, um, you know, people who, the claims that people make, what would you look, what would you, what would you advise people against? Well, I think it starts with, with you know, the, the proof is in the pudding and, and our pudding is how much money we've made our clients in additional revenue. Uh, so that's what we, we set our stall as and saying, look, it, you're investing in us. It is an investment and we need to make you a return. Um, equally, there are a lot of gurus out there that will spend most of the time on a soapbox telling you that this is what you need to think about um, and this is the strategy that's really going to work. 
I prefer not to tell people our strategies because A, that's what we get paid for, uh, and B, that everyone is different and everyone has a different opinion. Um, so to have uh, experts or to, to perceive, be perceived as the expert um, really has to come down to your approach uh, and how you present that. And for us, we know as a consultancy working on many clients across uh, many territories that, that we can see things that work and don't work. And we can see things that work um, that aren't in the guidebooks. Um, and we can see some things like links that other people put great uh, weight against that we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, beware of someone bear, bearing gifts or bearing expertise because some of it might be what they read yesterday on Google. Well, it is very, it's very easy to read things and just go, this is how you do it. And, and and equally, there is a there is a value issue with SEO. You've already flagged jokingly that it, it is kind of free, um, and therefore there's this expectation that, that that someone's going to do it for a hundred quid. And if they're going to do it for a hundred quid, then then they probably did read it on Google yesterday. I don't know. Do you know what I I I am wary of people who say things are easy, or that they can make a really big difference really quickly. Because do you know if it was easy, I'd have done it already. That's my... Absolutely. Um, some of what we do in SEO is really difficult. Some of it's really dull and repetitive. <laughs> some of everything is very dull. I know, but it's not the sexy Facebook ads where you get beautiful imagery and, you know, that, we're, we're the gritty end of the marketing place. And that's absolutely fine. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it, SEO is not always trendy. It, it, it has the potential to be a fantastic return, but it needs graft and, and, and knowledge and expertise. So actually moving on to things which uh, aren't particularly sexy, uh, core web metrics. Core web vitals. Core web vitals, thank you. Um, I mean, is that, I mean, one of the things that I've, I've found the most difficult in the last few years is, is the speed of the website in knowing what it, what it you know, because it's very easy to run, uh, particularly, you know, retail, you know, retail web, websites are quite big beasts. They've got loads of products and whatever, and they're quite slow. It's quite easy to run them against, you know, you know the, the Google, um, web speed tests and conclude that they're very slow and then have loads of people offering to you know take loads of your money and speed it up um how important do you think a you know web speed is and also these core web vitals in the algorithm sure um page speed like links has been a, a measure for some time i've got clients at the top of google uh, that are much slower than, than places around them. Uh, so it is just one element of the overall experience. Um, when we start to measure some of these speeds, we're talking milliseconds. Now, Google can understand and measure milliseconds, but the consumer can't. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be some sort of basic cutoff where you look at the site and say, it's too blinking slow to load, I'm going to go somewhere else. And that might be a second, it might be a second and a half, depending on, on if the bus is coming or not. Um, but in the main, most of the speed changes that, that, that we can see are imperceptible to the consumer. So it's not something we need to worry about. Obviously, Google's done research that says the quicker the site, the more money you're going to make. Yes, that's fine, because it's also going to speed up the processing that Google needs to do and, and so on and so forth. So it's, uh, I'd like a, a faster website, but it's not the only thing that's going to improve or hinder your organic search. Mm -hmm. Core Web Vitals is potentially slightly different because 
with uh, with Google never telling you what's going on with their algorithm, for them to come out and say, we're going to do this and it's going to happen in June and we're going to have a dedicated score in Google Search Console, we really should pay attention. Mm-hmm. However, they have also said it's going to be a potential deciding factor, not a ranking factor. So if we ever got to the point, there are two products, two brands, exactly the same overall score from Google, and one's passed Web Vitals and one hasn't, then it might be the deciding factor, like a tie break. Nice. Um, there are also so many websites that don't yet pass Core Web Vitals. That might be maybe why Google's put it back, the, the rollout's put back from May to June. Um, to uh, there may, be, there may be so many that don't pass that they've actually said it can't be a major ranking factor. So, so it's um, more of an aspiration than a... Than a yeah, uh, I, I, again, I, I want to, because Google's making a big fuss about it, I want to ensure that all my clients pass Core Web Vitals. It's, it's good, um, good practice. Um, do I think the world's going to turn upside down as soon as they release Core Web Vitals and we're going to see uh, a change in, in the ranking orders? I don't expect wholesale change. I would be daft not to say there may be some changes, mm-hmm. but I don't, okay. I don't. I don't think it's the silver bullet. So you see, undoubtedly, some people will. It'll maybe some people will see a big difference, and others not. Yeah, but we, we've had so many changes. There were algorithm changes that came uh, after lockdown because there was a big algorithm change just after lockdown because consumer behaviour changed overnight. Um, and, and Google had to, to address some uh, uses of, of phrases that we didn't have two years ago, COVID and lockdown and-, and, and Furlough. Yeah, furlough. Um, uh, and others, you know, taking advantage of the at home phrase. Suddenly everything was at home. Uh, how to measure at home, how to exercise at home, how to, you know, whatever else. So, so there's always changes, and Google's always said, if you play by the rules and you're not trying to kid anyone, you're not going to have a problem. We've rarely had um, problems. We've not had any big problems, certainly, because we are still trying to be uh, do the right thing for Google and for the consumer. Mm-hmm. We sometimes SEO can forget there's a consumer at the other end of this, and we're trying to engage them to buy more stuff. Okay. Right, last question, Jamie. What has inspired you recently? So um, one of the concepts of escaping gravity was that um, in order to succeed and to, to escape gravity, you've got to get over what's holding you back. When we launched our first business in 1999, um, we'd moved out to a small cottage in Suffolk. There was no broadband in the village. They had to dig up the village to put, so I had internet. Um, my daughter was on her way. I was still working uh, in London, commuting five hours a day before we had mobile phones and, and, and half-decent laptops. So that was what was holding me back, and I had to get past that to escape gravity to grow. So the concept of escape of gravity we used for this business to help. Um, I've always kept in touch with my old um, university. I didn't do well at university. Um, that's my fault, not theirs. Um, and we spoke to the university, this is Queen Margaret University in Edinburgh, and said, right, if we gave you a small donation, what could you do with it? And they came up with the concept of the Escaping Gravity Entrepreneurship Competition. The short version is that we put a small part of £5,000 uh, into the university. 
they ran a competition with their business network to say any business um, in our network of over 2,000 businesses um, can pitch to get a grant of £1,000, not a loan, just a grant, to use some some digital or technology to improve your business. So uh, two weeks ago, we went through 30 submissions where these businesses um, pitched for, for 60 seconds YouTube videos um, and said what they did with their business and what they wanted to, to do with the money and how that would help. Um, and it ranged from um, uh, podcast producers that just needed a new microphone so they can do some more stuff. Uh, there was a drum, a virtual drum um, tuition that needed a VR rig um, to just go from an idea to actually doing something to sell. And then we saw an amazing thing called the Cambulance, or Carambulance down here. Um, uh, uh, someone has created, they bought uh, an ambulance and they're going to take it to disadvantaged areas. And it's kitted out with arts and crafts so that the kids can come in and just spend an hour or two drawing and coloring and everything else. Their request for £1,000 was to get an iPad and a pencil and access to some creative tools so that they can help the kids um, not only do digital creative stuff, but potentially get their hands on some technology they wouldn't normally get. So it's just £5,000 with the five winners. We saw 30-odd entrants, and it was properly inspirational. We, had, we were in tears of laughter. We were in tears uh, about some, some, uh, some of the stories, but equally really inspired. If, if you look there at what I was doing... Thing, there's some good things that can be achieved for relatively not that much money. It's escaping gravity. It's just, it's not, it's taking them to the next level. You know, for them to say, with a thousand pounds, which I don't have right now, I can get this 3D camera so I can film the drum lessons. And if I can film the drum lessons, I can put it, I've got something to sell. Um, so that was inspiring to see that um, we can help them on the next step. This is not the whole thing. It's just the next step. It just, how do, how do we accelerate that quicker? No, I'm um, feeling even inspired just hearing about this. It's, it, it, it's fabulous. And just watching the videos, you think, what was I like at 21, 22? I wouldn't have been able to do anything like that. So, you know, massive, massive yeah. pride in doing that. And that was really inspirational. There's still some good ideas out there and good people. Cool. Jamie, it's been great talking to you. And uh, you. maybe we'll talk again in the future, I hope. That'd be cool. Thank you. Okay.